Good evening, everyone. Welcome on board today on Mwako Spaces on Twitter. And uh, we are just going to cover a topic today that is going to touch mostly on SMEs who are looking to finance their businesses. And that is the options in financing your businesses as our main topic today. That Mongo Capital is a research company that leverages digital media to share information on East Africa's financial markets. And we seek to inform investors about what organizations and firms do to and help them actually digest company financials and business news as a whole. So we do this through rigorous research and high quality media productions and narratives based on facts and opinions from experts. Today on our main topic, we are going to have a speaker from Cooperative Bank of Kenya, and her name is Kasumu Gambi, who is a head of trade finance at Cooperative Bank. And she will be talking to us about what are the options that are available for the business people, especially the SMEs, what options are there that they can go to when they want to look for funds to finance their businesses and all that. I'm the host for the spaces today. My name is Gatsi Arena and I'll be taking you through this topic today. So welcome Dorcas, welcome everyone else yeah, to the spaces today and you can send in your questions and we'll be able to cover them as we go on. So hello Dorcas, good evening to you. Good evening Rina, how are you doing? I'm very well, how are you doing? Very okay, thanks. Welcome to our spaces today, and we are glad to host you for this topic on how we can finance our businesses through, uh, for example, your bank. Thank you, Rina. It's a pleasure to be with you here today, and I'm excited to be part of this yeah. team and to elaborate what options we have in terms of financing. So you can just introduce yourself and tell us what you do at CoBank as a head of trade finance. And then from there on, maybe tell us what is trade financing actually, because probably some people understand what it is, some do not. So we can just start from there and then see what's next. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arena, for that question. My name is uh, Dorcas Mugambi. I work with the Cooperative Bank of Kenya and working under a department called Trade Finance. And working in trade finance has been very exciting, given the standard solutions we offer. In terms of what trade finance is, trade finance are solutions offered by banks to facilitate trade whenever a customer has any trade functions. So it's more of a facilitation. We don't necessarily utilize the traditional kind of um, financing. But we make it a bit more versatile and more customer-oriented. So it is a tailor-made solution to ensure that we are serving each and every customer who is involved or engaged in any form of trade. And of course, we, we can say everybody who does any buying and selling is really doing trade. So what we do is to facilitate the seller and facilitate the buyer so that they can be able to do a transaction, especially where maybe our financing is a challenge or especially where they need some form of trust between them. There's no trust in between uh, both of them. You could be having cash, yes, but where you feel you need some confidence or you need somebody else to come in 
so that you can be able to undertake that business, then we mm -hmm. come in so that we can be able to support you. So that yes. is, in a nutshell, what trade finance is, more of facilitation to enable two people in business to be able to carry on the, the kind of trade they are doing. That's interesting because if it's financing a business but is more on the facilitation side, then we'd actually like to hear more about it. And because even as we see the economy continuing to be tough, mostly on business people and especially on the small business people who are doing the trade business, the Kenyans, most of them are importers. Some are exporters, actually like in the agricultural space. And the SMEs will always remain as the bedrock of our economy. They're so resilient on that. As they continue to struggle with the running their businesses and they want to get financed, and you're saying that this is more facilitation. So maybe you can just take us through what are some of these facilities that you offer when it comes to trade financing? And maybe you can take us through some of them or each one of them so that you get to understand what actually they are and what are some of them that businesses can use. Okay. So in terms of what are these solutions, let me first start by saying that Cooperative Bank is one of the largest banks in Kenya. We are a tier one bank and we have been in existence since 1968. That's when we opened our doors and mainly serving all the sectors in the economy. And so in terms of trade finance, this is something we have done for over 30 years and we have a lot of success in the market. So in terms of what are these solutions that we offer, and of course, we'll mention a couple of them. Remember, trade finance is tailor-made to one's request or is, is tailor-made towards somebody's need or a business need. Even where I will mention some of the solutions we offer, we also have other structured solutions. But I could start with a couple of them that we do or the most common ones starting with the very, very basic, and especially for those people who do trade with either the government, the NGO world, we start yeah. with what we call bid bonds. And mm -hmm. in bid bonds, this is where customers would want to uh, penetrate a certain sector or to do a tender. Again, here, mm -hmm. what we do as a bank, we facilitate the customer so that they can be able to get a tender bond or a bid bond to be able to get mm -hmm. into a business because there's no engagement, especially when it comes to the government and even mm -hmm. to the parastatal world. You cannot be able to do any business without first of all starting doing the bid or the bidding for that business. So it becomes then an important tool for that organization to be able to look at who are those serious bidders, who are those people who can even be able to get a bid from a bank. So that is where really it starts. Then after the bidding process, the institution will always want to know, can this person really perform in my business? So the government or the parastatal or even the NGO will want to say, can this person perform? And the only way they can mm -hmm. to know that is where a bank comes in and says, yes, we can be able to give this person a performance guarantee. And in this case, uh -huh. the bank is getting into the shoes of this supplier or this customer uh, to be able to say, yes, this is a, a somebody who is trustworthy. This is somebody who has performed in the past or we have a track record of this person. So we are pretty sure that they can perform. So we give what we call a performance guarantee so that 
the customer can be mm-hmm. able to sign uh, a contract. Then after that, uh, definitely the organization may also go ahead and uh, maybe provide LPOs for the person to perform or even the contract itself. But the customer might Mm -hmm. feel, I would want some form of uh, financing to get me started. And this is what I keep advising the customers. Every time you get into a deal, whether with an individual or a corporate or even a, a parastate or a government institution like ministries, it is always good mm-hmm. to always ask for an advance payment so that you can also be able to know what is the commitment of the other person. If, for example, you, you want to do a road or you want to do a construction, you want somebody to put an advance kind of a payment in before you can start the work so that then mm-hmm. it enables one to mobilize resources or to mobilize funds so that they can be able to be on the site. So in such cases, of course, the the organization will tell you, how do I give you, whether it's 10% or 20% advanced cash, if I don't know you? So definitely, again, we come in as a bank and say, okay, in that case, then we will be able to give you an advance payment guarantee. This, again, is to facilitate you now go back to these people and tell them, I'm giving you a guarantee uh, so that you can send money into my account. And this money now definitely becomes part of your working capital and it can help you mobilize um, resources on site. Once that has happened, of course, it will depend if you're again buying goods offshore, you will require mm-hmm. a letter of credit. Sure. So sometimes then you may require to buy some items across the country, mm-hmm. doing some importation, whether you're yeah. in your day-to-day business. You could also be having a factory where you want to buy raw materials. You could be buying goods to come and stock your business. You could also be buying goods so that you can also supply to other institutions or even to the government or to parastatals or even to normal corporates or even other MSMEs. So again, Mm -hmm. here we provide what we call letters of credit. And this mm-hmm. really is an undertaking that we normally give to your counterparty or your supplier abroad so that you can actually be able to get your goods in good time. You can again be able to get the right kind of goods. Because remember, again, you're dealing with a seller you don't know. So you want somebody mm-hmm. who will give you quality goods. You want somebody who will deliver in good time uh, because some of these things have timelines. So instead of you having to pay money in advance, We come in as a bank and say, we shall give you what we call a letter of credit, which is an undertaking we give to your supplier to be able to provide you with the goods and services. So in a nutshell, those are some of of the solutions. And again, of course, uh, there's what we call bank guarantees. Bank guarantees can be utilized both locally and internationally. And uh, the most common uh, bank guarantees is uh, what we see uh, between uh, two business people like a wholesaler giving a manufacturer so that the manufacturer can provide them with goods and service on credit. We also, mm-hmm. again, even in the oil and gas sector where petrol stations provide a guarantee to be able to get so that they can be given a credit period. So again, these are solutions we provide locally to facilitate whether it is an MSME or a corporation 
to be able to trade without having to worry about, do I have the cash? So you just need that guarantee for you to be able to trade. Okay. Thank you, Dorcas, for that explanation of the various products that you offer. I've heard you say things like bid bonds, NPOs, financing, the net of credits. So for example, someone who is in the export or rather import business, and they want to seek for financing, what can we advise them to come and seek in terms of financing for their business? Okay. Because I believe make all this, like you say, they, it depends on the kind of business someone is doing. When we have uh, people who are doing importation, as I said, the main instrument we provide is what we call a letter of credit, which mm-hmm. supports them so that then they can be able to, like the word says, it's a letter we issue to the supplier on mm-hmm. the other side. And we give mm-hmm. certain terms and conditions so that person on the other side can actually be able to uh, meet those conditions for the bank to pay them. And I said it mm-hmm. helped a customer mitigate the risk against uh, quality uh, so that they get the right quality of goods. It also supports them so that they can be able to meet their timelines because you don't want to pay for goods. And then if the goods were meant for a certain season, they are coming way after the season is passed. You want somebody who will provide you whatever goods you've called for in a timely manner And the only way Mm -hmm. then you can be able to do that is through a letter of credit. Now, when we go to export, again, Mm -hmm. in export, there are quite a number of things that uh, come to play here. One, Mm -hmm. somebody who is in export definitely wants to put an order in place for them to Mm -hmm. be able to, for them to be able to supply their buyers abroad. So in this case, yeah. again, uh, definitely I, 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 when I talk to my customers, when I talk to individuals, I tell them the most important thing for you to understand or to appreciate is that um, you need to be paid for whatever goods you supply. And, and I see many times people burning their fingers because you got somebody mm-hmm. who told you, Supply me maybe a container of, for example, nuts. It could be macadamia nuts. And they tell you, I will pay once I receive the goods. Uh, But you can imagine many a times you will be meeting somebody you haven't met before. And in such a case, there's a very high chance that you could even be dealing with a fraudster. So the first thing I, I advise people to do is that if you're getting yourself in an export market, Get yourself a very good contract and let that mm-hmm. contract be backed by a letter of credit. Why is that the case? That is the case because, yes, in as much as you could be having a contract is just a piece of paper. But when you yeah. get now further, you can back that with what we call a confirmed order, which is um, now in form of a letter of credit. It binds mm-hmm. the two parties together. Assuming you're doing your exports to China, definitely what comes to mind is it's a big country and there are very many provinces there. And even if, for example, you send your goods there and somebody did not pay you, where do you even get started for you to even go looking for the person you supplied the goods to? So it's always important that you start by ensuring that, yes, even where you have your own side contracts, request them to give you an LC or a bank guarantee from a reputable bank so that now the yeah. of credit will be coming from your 
customer's bank to your bank locally. And, and that oh. way then you're able to, uh, to mitigate the risk that, uh, you know, you, you are not paid. So, yes. so that once you send your goods on the other side, definitely the bank on the other side will ensure they will not release the title documents uh, mm -hmm. before the payment has been done, as opposed to where you have just sent the uh, documents to your customer and the customer mm -hmm. clears for goods and they start utilizing the, 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 the goods. So it's always very important to start with a letter of credit. Then once that has happened, of course, you can always go to the bank and request the bank. You may not have the finances to go and buy uh, the supplies, assuming you are doing uh, mac macadamia nuts or you are doing mangoes or you are doing okia, all those items that are exported. So what we do is we facilitate now the customer to buy from their, cust uh, from their suppliers, from the farmers. And, and this we do by giving short-term financing. This mm -hmm. short-term financing is in form of what we call supply chain finance so that we pay your suppliers and we as a bank now book a loan in our books and wait to be paid at the time you have been paid for the orders you've supplied. So this again is very important because we are able to log the entire supply chain from the farmer all the way mm -hmm. uh, to you, to your customer. So what I'm hearing is a lot of work for, from my end, if that is what I got right. You, you are helping uh, business people actually also mitigate the risk that they could actually face when doing the import or export business. And I believe it's quite different from someone who is, who is probably in the agriculture sector who would want maybe financing for maybe buying equipment for agriculture and such kind of things. But from what I hear, there's a lot of paperwork that should be done or actually something like that to ensure everything is in place and to mitigate the risk. And you find that so many SMEs, especially now, are afraid of going through all that paperwork and all that process. People want things that can be done swiftly and maybe fast so that they can also cut short on the time that is spent into asking for this kind of facilities. And so you find that the challenges that most business people, rather SMEs, are facing, one of them is that they complain a lot of bureaucracy and delays when it comes to applying for this kind of facilities and maybe them getting approved. And also it sounds like it's an expensive venture as well. So what is the cost of getting this kind of facilities from your bank, for example? And in terms of bureaucracy, what can you tell us about that? It sounds like there's a lot of process or something like that to happen for them to get that financing. I think that is a question I keep getting from uh, many people and uh, especially yeah. the MSME customers. Why? Mm. Because uh, definitely with MSMEs, they want a solution now. They don't want a situation where they have to wait for one month for them to get and whatever. Most of them, unfortunately, come the last minute. Exactly, exactly. They come the last minute because they know I have a bank and this mm. bank must be able to give me whatever I'm looking for. So what happens in that case, we work with our customers very closely and anytime we want to engage them, we work hand in hand and we are able to support them through the process. What we do in our MSME, we normally offer training 
a lot of training to these MSMEs to support them mm -hmm. in bookkeeping so that they can actually be able to start keeping records in good time. And that way then somebody starts preparing in good time. The other thing we, we also do internally is we have now some robust systems where we, we are able to get our customers do some of these applications digitally mm -hmm. or online through whether it is through our online system, which is COP online system. And, and that way then we can be able to facilitate customers to make requests at very short periods of time. We have a solution we call Credit. Again, on mm -hmm. this, we are able to support the customers who are, for example, doing the day-to-day -day business, trade business. Like I said, you could be having somebody who has a, a hardware, for example, and yeah. maybe they have gotten a, somebody who needs a big order. And so they, they don't have to go through the pain of applying for this long-term loan. So they can very quickly go through our e-credit process as long as you've mm -hmm. been banking properly. Uh, it mm -hmm. becomes very easy for you to, to get uh, some of those uh, solutions in very good time. So again, it, for those short-term facilities where you just need to fix an item or you want to fix an order in a, in a very short time, we, we have that uh, digital uh, solution. Now, apart from that, what we have done in uh, the trade finance space, as I said, we have... Um, a solution that supports our customers, which we call value chain or supply chain financing, which mm -hmm. encompasses us being able to support customers who are banking, who either supplying to a certain corporate customer or who are distributing to a certain kind of a customer. And in this case, then we, what we do is that we look at their records, either it is their sales records whether it is their supplies record to those customers. And out of that, we are able to give them a solution that can be able to cater for their day-to-day -day financial requirements. On top of that, what we have also done in terms of collateral to reduce the challenge that also uh, a lot of MSMEs uh, yeah. face on collaterals, which is yeah. a big problem is we have also partnered with uh, various insurance and guarantee partners, whether it's uh, USAID, whether it is African Guarantee Fund, and other, many other insurance companies who we partner with and we can actually be able to say, you may not have 100% collateral, but you mm -hmm. have 50% collateral. Uh, we can support you by engaging our partners who de-risk the other 50% of the risk, and then we can be able to give you a facility. Uh, what we have also done, because we have also realized that uh, women-led businesses, uh, again, have had a bit of that challenge, is that uh, we have even made it better for them so that we don't even request for 50% security. All we request from them is 25% security. And that way we have been able then to help a lot of women-led businesses, lift a lot of women-led businesses for inclusion again. Uh, you've, you kept on talking about agriculture. And these are the people who are especially in both sectors and they have really supported this economy. We don't want anyone left behind. So we coined a solution that supports now that category of customers so that they can also be able to 
access financing without mm -hmm. requirement for a lot of uh, collateral. So those are some of the things, uh, Rina, we have done. I hope I have been able to address that. Uh, and, uh, and in case there's something you feel I've left out, maybe you can touch on it. You've addressed most of the questions. What you've not touched on, which you will, as we call, go to the next question, is about the cost of these uh, products, actually, if I didn't get it right. And then uh, you, you also taught, you also said something very important, banking rights. Yeah. So you have most of these uh, business people in construction, they're in agriculture, they are importing bells of clothes and things to sell. And they feel like they qualify for either one or some of these facilities. But then when they come to apply for them, they get rejected at some point through the process. And some of them go away without even finding out what is that something that they did wrong or they did not actually meet. And they may even end up going out to use their working capital, getting other personal loans, which in turn again affects their business operations and even affect their imports and exports in that business. When you say banking rights, what is this thing that you're calling banking rights so that these business people can know as much as I am in this business that is exchanging quite a huge amount of money. Am I actually backing right that when I go to Dorcas at Bank to give me this facility, we will, we will not go through the bureaucracy process and I'll have everything. What are some of these things that you call banking right? Banking right, as the word puts it, is okay. actually being faithful to your banking. This is a very interesting thing, especially for the customers. Remember the customer, sometimes, most of the times, for example, if I'm in business, I want to get hold of them. Once I get hold of the money, I want to do the next thing that I want done. For example, if, for example, I had made an order, I don't want that money to be with me for a long time because I'm afraid I may spend it. So yeah. what most people do is they, the moment they get that money, they just either make their payments without that money passing through any trackable system. Uh, wow. The other thing is that there, there are people also who just prefer seeing and sticking to their money. So that mm -hmm. kind of a person as a bank, wherever I am or, or any other person mm -hmm. who is lending to them, mm -hmm. does not have a view or there is no visibility of whether they normally get money or not. But um, remember, for me as a bank, for me to lend a customer, I need to see a track record. I want to see that X, Y, Z is banking uh, for me to be sure or to be assured that they will be able to pay. Unless yeah. I can actually see that track of how those payments are, are coming through, then I yeah. may not be able to believe that indeed you are even in business. So for you to make me believe that, let me see what kind of bankings you're doing. And mm -hmm. so it, and the bank has made it very easy for you to make any form of banking. For example, if, for example, you are in a retail shop, in your wholesale shop, it is very easy for you to either get what we have provided our customers as a collection solution. It could be you are also just banking, going to the bank to bank, which uh, again now has become uh, something that uh, people are not liking a lot because there are all these other solutions that have come where we give you, for example, w what we call a yeah. I mean, 
into, into an account with us. There is also all those Kwajirani agents uh, where you can actually be able to deposit whatever bankings you have made that day or maybe half of the day so that mm-hmm. then you, you are not holding a lot of money. And that way then when the money comes and hits our account, then we can actually be able to see, oh, actually this person banks with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, also we also encourage people to start pay, being paid by card because remember, everybody now is going to e-commerce. Everybody is looking at uh, better ways of uh, getting their money into the bank without having to step into the bank. So yeah. we have the card where we, again, we give what we call PDQs and that we then you can actually be able to bank into the bank without necessarily coming to the bank. So with all those kind of solutions, then we have made it very easy for the customer to say, you can very easily bank and we will be able to see that truck and that trail. And out of that, then we can comfortably lend you because now we can see there's some money coming into the bank. So that is what I was calling a right banking. And definitely, I believe as we move along, as you said, then it is important when you're building that relationship, make it a tight relationship by making me, by letting me see how good you are, how healthy you are, how wealthy you are. And the only way you can do that is by ensuring that whenever you have sales, that money passes through the bank. Clearly, that is being super faithful to the bank that you bank with as I get it. As a business person, you've had that. So any money that you're paying via mobile, via card, via anything, make sure that it has a trace through the bank. Now, you can send in your questions as a business person that you're looking for financing. You maybe have challenges in accessing financing, any kind of financing. You can send in your questions. We'll be able to cover them in a few minutes. We see that most people who come to us for financing are either in supply chain, uh, in import and export businesses and a bit of maybe in agriculture. Does CopBank have specific sectors where they target these SMEs or we're open to all sectors? And then again, right now we have so many Kenyans who are doing businesses. And so what, what are some of these sectors that you think people out here have not yet realized this kind of financing for their businesses and they need to come out and ask for financing because I believe we have so many sectors that have not been tapped into when it comes to trade financing and there's a bit of a gap there as well. So as you answer that again, tell us as Bank. What are you doing to fill that gap that is there when it comes to trade financing? Yes, indeed. In terms of focus, the bank focuses on all the sectors. And when I talk about all the sectors, all the sectors that are doing good business, of course, to start with what we like most and what we have done all the years is the agriculture space, which is agribusiness. And this is a a, a very big sector because it has both agro-processing, it has, that is anything to do with value addition. There's also the people who make that that sector thrive then. These are the farmers who have either their coffee, they have their nuts, they have their macadamias, they have their dairy, they are either in dairy farming, they're in poultry farming. So 
that is quite a big sector. And, and again, we are in that sector. And I can tell you in terms of uh, trade finance, then we are able to tap the whole value chain. No one is left out because we have solutions for each and every person. Then we have the other sector, which is uh, trade. Trade is also quite a big uh, area. I, I, I kept on talking about uh, people who are in wholesaling, people who are in retail business, people who are in manufacturing. All that chain, again, we are able to support them so that if a retailer wants to stock their shop, they have mm -hmm. enough stock for the day and even for the following day. So you mm -hmm. don't want a situation where, and, and it could be very unfortunate if a customer came, came into a shop and you did not have an item uh, just because of financing. So we are saying we want to facilitate you so that you, you, you can also be able to serve your customers. And because we help these people grow, we come up with solutions that are tailor-made for themselves. And that is why then we also uh, partner with various um, anchor suppliers to them so that yeah. we can give a solution that helps them stock their financing. So it could be people who are in FMCG. It could also be people who are in construction materials like the hardware. Again, we are also able to support them. Then the other very key sector to our economy also is the sector that does construction whether it is the infrastructure or even construction of building, and especially now that we are having low-cost housing as a yeah. key push for the government and for everybody. So again, we come in that area to support the, the people who supply into that sector. Some of them also do importation of uh, finished raw materials or rather, sorry, finished materials like tiles like uh, WC systems, like pipes. Again, we come in that area to support them so that they can be able to, to supply to that sector. We also have the healthcare uh, sector. We have chemists, we have pharmaceuticals, we have hospitals, even the smaller hospitals around. We also have the big hospitals. Again, we come in there to support them. Either they are purchasing pharmaceutical or non-pharmaceutical items, we are able to support them. Some of them would be importing equipment, MRIs, for example, scanners, for example. Again, we support them to be able to bring in those equipment and even the drugs. And then the other sector I've not talked about is what we call oil and gas or the energy sector. The energy sector, again, we see a lot of opportunity, especially in the area of now that everybody is talking about the high cost of power bills. Mm -hmm. We support the customers bring in solar equipment, whether it is for heating water or it could be for providing lighting. Again, we are able to support them so that then they can be able to have more energy efficient ways. So those are some of the areas we are doing that with that sector. And I don't know if there's any other sector I've left out, but yes, there's also the hospitality sector. And there's also the textile industry. The textile industry, again, here we have been working very closely even uh, with people who are either doing, people who are bringing in the, the what, people are bringing in material so that they can be able now to add value by now cutting it into size and 
providing clothing for a certain sector or even being able to manufacture or do those clothes for export market. So again, we facilitate them so that they can be able to bring in either it is the equipment they are doing or to bring in the raw materials, which in this case could be the materials. It could also be yarn or whatever it is for them to be able to make the clothes for export or even for local consumption. So all those areas we are supporting RENA. And I wouldn't say there's a sector that we have left out. We have managed to touch on each and every sector. And that is even how internally in the bank we are segmented so that there's yeah. no sector concentration and also there's at this day support for each and every person. I see you cover almost each and every customer that can come to you. And we have one question from Nigel Neyman, Kiprotich. He's asking, is there any capital that is available for persons with a well-drafted business plan, but with no collateral at all? So Dorcas, do you give someone who just has a business plan and comes to you and they want to maybe start a business, but they have no collateral? As I said, what we try to do is in as much as possible, we try to tailor make solutions for everybody. However, uh, sometimes it becomes uh, very difficult to answer that question because I don't have a lot of details. Have you been in this sector that uh, now you're just coming to continue or is it a startup you're just coming from school, you just want to start immediately? So it's very difficult to answer by saying no, yeah. but it's always good to have a look at uh, what it is you have because okay. out of that we can come up with a solution. You could be starting a business, yes, but maybe you have been in that sector for the longest and, and you're just coming to continue what you have been doing. You've been in employment, for example. So I wouldn't say no, but I would want to first of all see and appreciate what it is you want to do. Because as I said, we have what we call structured finance. And here yeah. what we try to look at is what is the business proposition? And this one, now we don't use the conventional lending. What we do is we structure it to fit whatever you're doing. So you could be having this very good business proposal. And if you look at the sponsors, they have been in the sector, or they have been doing that business. It's only that they have not done it for themselves. And if, for example, they have tools, like, for example, I said, whenever, for example, you want to do an export, you ask the other person to give you a letter of credit. So you may not be having collateral, but I can use another instrument, which mm. I now take as a bank and say I can utilize this LC or this other instrument to be able to cover my risk, which would have been covered by collateral. So now the, the letter of credit or whatever other instrument you will be having, I can look at that and it becomes my collateral. So it can be done, but on a case-to-case -case basis, as a bank, and of course, this is a common practice that you don't lend to startups. But again, it is on a case-to-case -case basis. There are those that can be cherry-picked depending on what can be done. And again, what we do, even where we are not able to finance, uh, we can always give advice which supports us to look for other alternatives. So now let's talk about the default rate when it comes to this kind of financing. 
according to International Chamber of Commerce, it shows that globally the default rate of this kind of financing is not so high. It's about 0.24 around there. But when it comes to as a country in Kenya, it's a bit high. And most SMEs attribute this defaulting of this of debt to banks not giving them enough grace period, if I may call that. From where you see, there are high or a growing non-performing loans, if I may call that, in terms of trade financing. And why do you think this is? And if there's a default rate that is growing or you tend to see customers, especially in these economic times, who are defaulting more on this kind of facilities, what do you think it's, and what are you doing as a bank to help even the SMEs to reduce on their default when you're offering these facilities? So most of the times when we give uh, trade finance facilities, we look at uh, transaction per transaction. And why we do that is uh, because, first of all, you want to uh, sit with the person and appreciate their business. And number two, you also want to appreciate what are the receivables like. If, for example, I'm financing this, what am I expecting at the, at the end of the period? So most of the trade finance transactions that we come across are very short-term in nature. And they are short-term in nature because, uh, as I've said, it is a transaction where in most of the times we are financing a transaction. Now, what happens and where we rising default rates is where a, night, a, a, a transaction or a facility was not structured appropriately. For example, if it was a short-term facility, it was structured as a long-term facility. Or if it's a long-term facility, somebody comes and they're very uh, aggressive and they think they can be able to repair within a shorter time. So if there is mismatch of the facility to their receivables, then it becomes a very big challenge. And that is where you will find default rates. But where you have been able to structure and match the receivables, uh, to you've, you've been able to match the facility to the receivables or to the, the, the right tenor, then you are, can actually be able to mitigate a, a quite a, a, a large amount of, of that risk uh, because you're tying it to certain receivables. What are we doing as a bank? Of course, as a bank, what we thrive in, one is building capacity and not only building capacity for our people, but also building capacity for our customers. So that even when a customer comes for a certain solution, we also take time to take them through, get them appreciate, understand what it is they're getting themselves into uh, way ahead in time so that they can uh, appreciate that and you can be able to give them the correct information. And we have a fully-fledged department that does capacity building through what we call COP consultancy. And this okay. really supports many of our cooperatives, customers, and that is what they do. We also have under MSME, our financial services, again, coming in very strongly to support customers through webinars, through trainings, through field events, sometimes international exposures that support them and they can be able to go and experience what is happening elsewhere. And out of those now, we can actually be able to train them and, and they can be able to understand or appreciate where we are coming from. 
So these are some of the interventions we do to be able to reduce or to mitigate that risk of high default. Of course, the others that the traditional ways of ensuring that then there's quite some good monitoring happening and working with the customer through the journey so that you're yeah. not just giving a customer a facility and you go to sleep. Yeah. No, you give the customer the facility, work with them, be in life of their journey so that the customer can tell you whenever there's a challenge and out of that, you can come up with a solution together. As we gear up to conclude on this, what are the basic requirements that someone should actually prepare or in terms of documentation actually should come with to when they are coming to see you? Because we probably there are so many SMEs out here who have no much clue or idea of this kind of facilities available to them, but maybe they would want to know if they actually do qualify, do they have to be a limited liability company, an LLC, or they, can they be just a registered business operating and they meet all other requirements? Which SME or MSME can qualify for this kind of facilities? And what are the documents they need to prepare so that once they come to your desk, they can actually be helped. Oh, that's a very good question, Rina. Because most people think that trade finance is for corporates or it's for SMEs. But let me yeah. say that trade finance is for everybody, even for you, Rina. The day you want to buy a vehicle from Japan or yeah. from UK, come for a letter of credit so that uh, then you can also say you utilize some trade finance solutions. Yeah, so uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, trade finance is for everybody. It's for me and you. It's for everybody who is in, involved in any form of uh, business or trade. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, or what we normally do, of course, is first of all, is to perform what we call know your customer or KYC. Due yeah. diligence, so that I, I know I am dealing with the right person. I'm I'm dealing with a, a person of integrity. I know I'm dealing with an a real person, and yeah. yeah, I'm not dealing with people who are non-existent. So that is why we ask to know your customer, whether it is an individual level and mm-hmm. or a corporate level or even a business level. Mm-hmm. So definitely, just like I would ask for your ID and a pin. Of from Karen to, so that yeah. I can establish who you are. I'll do the same for any form of business. Now, for the businesses that have not registered fully as, as a limited company, yeah. they also have an opportunity to utilize trade finance. And what we will ask them to appreciate their KYC is we will ask to understand who are the people behind the business. So definitely we would want to see their IDs and their pins. And of course, we will want to see their certificate of registration because they must have registered as a business for you to be able to even open an account. Those documents for KYC are very important. Apart from that, now when it comes to me analyzing your business, I will want to see your bookkeeping. How have you been keeping your records? Of course, as I said earlier, I need to understand how you have been banking. Do you have a good track record? Have you borrowed before? If you borrowed before, how did you pay? So that is why we ask for bank statements many times. And I want to see bank statements from whichever bank, my bank, your bank, so you could be. 
nowadays people are banking with uh, one or two people. And so again, I want to see those statements. Some of us are also just banking or rather just using the digital platforms for their banking. So again, if you have such statements also, we want to see them so that we can be able to see your ability to repay. Now, when it comes to the registered or rather the limited companies, uh, of course, the higher you go, the higher the requirements. So again, here, because we want to know the people behind the business. So we want to know the directors. And in most cases, because some businesses are owned by another business and another business, okay. we want to know until the final beneficial owner so that we are not just dealing with anybody or ghosts. We want to be sure we are dealing with real people. So we have to know until the last person. So again, KYC is very important in terms of documentation. So we want to know who are the people, who are the promoters, who are the directors. Then after that, we, we also want to look at the certificate of incorporation. We want to look at their we want to look at their PIN certificates because again, businesses have to comply. We also want to look at their CR12. That one that is the document that shows the ownership of the business. And after that, most of the times we also want to know your strategy for purposes of advising the kind of facility we are giving you. Then we have the bank statements. Definitely now at this level, of course, we expect you have a bank and you must be able to provide that. We also ask for returns, annual returns. And we also ask for your audited financial books, again, so that we can be able to know the health of your country, of your business. And in this case, we ask for three years audited accounts. Yeah, so mainly those are the kind of documents we ask for. And again, as I said, it is normally on a case-to-case basis. Again, depending on what sector you are at, there are some certain licenses that we may require that may not be required in another sector. As I said, those are measures that support the business, be able to borrow more. So if you are able to comply with some of these documents, then it becomes you, it becomes even easier for you to be able to engage the bank and it makes it even easier for the bank to be able to provide the, the solutions they have to provide. From what I'm hearing, this is like a journey that you have to walk bank with the customer. I think it's something that most of us individuals or business people, we need to prepare early enough so that we, we can even visit the bank and let them help us prepare these documents, especially when you mentioned different sectors require different documentation in terms of licenses and all that. It's sort of, it's sort of like a one of thing or if you are not aware of this kind of financing at all. So I believe it's more of a relationship kind of uh, financing as well from what I'm understanding. And so uh, uh, most p- businesses may not have heard of this or afraid of when they hear trade financing, even me personally, when I first had trade financing, I was like, this is not something even for me. It's for the NLCs, it's for higher business people. As cooperative bank, when you carry out your capacity buildings, carrying out awareness of this kind of financing, because I think most SMEs do not even know about this kind of financings. 
And if, even if they qualify and if they do not qualify, what they need to prepare and correct and do the proper banking that you've said. So when you're doing your capacity buildings, where can we actually reach you? These capacity buildings, are they for specific people who are already banking with you or are they open even to the public so that you can know there's a capacity building going on about trade, trade financing by cooperative bank and the public or anyone who is interested can actually attend it so that they can know more. Do you do that? And if you do, where can someone actually get such kind of information so that we get to be aware of this kind of financing available to you? So in the first place, definitely is we have over 170 branches countrywide. Wide. And in these 170 branches countrywide, we also have what you call relationship managers or your business partner, who mm -hmm. is a business banker. And, and these people have, uh, are strategically placed in these branches so that they can also provide as much information as, as much as possible. So on a day-to-day -day basis, they work with the customer and they provide the information whenever the customer meets them. The second level is definitely what I, I talked about earlier where we, I, I, I did say that uh, we have uh, various forums and we have yeah. a fully-fledged uh, department that uh, supports our MSMEs across across the country through uh, what I would call uh, weekly webinars. And we do these webinars every Thursday where we now come up with uh, various uh, topical issues to support our customers and even to provide information because most of the times, just like the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. So what we do is uh, enlighten our customers as much as possible. And we do this on a weekly basis to ensure mm. that our customers are well aware what is happening. So we come up with topical issues. We come up with um, important information any information that is coming up from time to time. And we use this now platform to inform our customers and to even educate them in some of the new solutions that we come up with or new um, frontiers the bank is getting into and maybe opportunities which provide opportunities now for our customers. Right. And again, as I said, we have a department that does that and we also have some forums that we do in region by region, where we also educate our customers. We put them together and we are able to educate them and we are able to learn together so that they can also be able to appreciate what is happening and what opportunities they are. At the same time, we are also able to look at how to also improve on some of the areas. So we also use that to take feedback and to see how we can improve our offering. So those are some of the, the areas and some of the ways we inform our customers. Of course, as a product house, because we also sit in as a product house, we now fit into those forums. And we also have quite a number of people across the country. In each county, we have a product person who is supporting them in terms of trade finance because we realize then there are opportunities all around the country. So 
there's no one who should be left out. Trade finance is not just for Nairobi. It's across the country. And we have seen a lot of progress with that kind of decentralization so that everybody can actually be able to tap into the opportunities even across the region. Because of time, I will just want to close this session today. And what I've gathered today, and hopefully all of us have gathered that too, is that trade financing is not just for the LNCs, for the big businesses, it's for everyone and anyone who wants to get financing. And anyone who is in the business of trading, actually, you can go and approach Cop Bank and they'll be able to tailor make something for you. Dorcas has, has told us that we have different types of financing that, that are being offered by cooperative bank from letters of credit, some big bonds for NPO financing, supply chain financing, and all that. You can go to them and find out more and find out what is there that is can be tailor-made for you, whether you are in agricultural industry, whether you're in construction, especially people in construction. I know a number of people who are in construction, but they always find it difficult to find financing. I think this is a good option for them. People who are in textile industry and doing export, the healthcare industry, basically Dorcas has told us you can go in and just find out what can you be given that works for you. This session is recorded. So after this, you can just go and listen to it uh, at Mwango Spaces. Thank you, Dorcas, for coming to talk to us about shared financing today. And then you can just give us a parting shot and maybe say goodbye to everyone. Thank you so very much, Rina. Thank you, listeners, uh, for taking time to listen to this uh, podcast tonight. Uh, indeed, it was my pleasure having a discussion and uh, answering the various questions. But just like I said, a trade finance is for everybody. And just to call upon you to utilize that opportunity within the trade finance space so that you can be able not only to seek financing, but also to mitigate the various risks that are there within uh, your businesses. Trade finance uh, gives you an opportunity to be able to not only seek financing, but also to mitigate your risk. From Cooperative Bank, uh, definitely we are there to support. We are here to look at uh, what challenges you're going through. And uh, we are here to walk the journey with you. We say we are you, and indeed we are. And we are looking forward for you to come forward and so that we can be able to walk forward and uh, give you an excellent opportunity to be able to expand your business. Thank you so very much, Rina. Indeed, it was a pleasure having you tonight. Thank you so much as well. It was a pleasure hosting you as well. So any other question that you've not answered, we'll answer it in the tweets below. Thank you, Dorcas, and goodbye and good night, everyone.